Welcome back to another episode of Ambitious Odyssey. I know it's been a minute since the last episode, but you know, we're still working and I'm super excited to have another repeat guest with me today. You probably know who this is already, right? let's be honest. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah. Like um, hi. <laughs> uh, I'm Madding. Um, I'm known as Madeline Rose on YouTube when I post. Uh, <laughs> in the description. Well, Not much more to say about me, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot, but we don't want to get into all the specifics. <laughs> but I'm super thankful for Maddie for you know reaching out. It was all her idea of this episode. I wanted to reach out first, but she just you know reached out, beat me, beat me to the race. <laughs> And this episode is, I feel, super important, especially for our generation, because there's been an increase in, you know, depression cases and just so much going on in the world that we wanted to just sit down and have a kind of an informal conversation. And hopefully, some of you guys can relate out there, etc. But we'll just talk about some of the experiences that we've had during lockdown, just recent events. Talk about, you know, the overall outlook here in the UK and what's what's been going on the trends etc and uh, please feel free to message us if you have any other suggestions that you'd like us to talk about and just reach out for any feedback will be really really much appreciated so i appreciate you guys tuning in again but yeah we'll, we'll start off with uh, talking about our experiences in lockdown yeah i live with my family mm -hmm. so it hasn't been too crazy no but obviously you live alone and yeah. you recently moved tell us tell us <laughs> what's life been like since the last time we recorded yeah i mean so yeah. we recorded uh, in october wasn't it mm -hmm. yeah um and then ever since december things have changed i did i moved into my own place it's a vibe guys no, no, like, <laughs> mtv crib oh god um so yeah that was a big that was a big change like going from living with family to yeah. living completely alone um uh you know especially when i've struggled in the past with you know health mental health and particularly being on my own um so that was a big hurdle to get over um so yeah it definitely i, I still wasn't like um completely okay of it before lockdown so then when lockdown happened it really like threw me into accepting that i live alone and i've got to grow up and deal with it deal with it <laughs> deal with it deal with it man <laughs> that's super like aggressive yeah. that's crazy because lockdown i think for the first couple of weeks for me was kind of weird you know because i was mm. super obviously final year of university yeah. for me I was always like going out to the library, revising, so that kind of took a hit mm -hmm. and I had to do it at home, which was obviously yeah. not as effective. You have your family at home, you're not really in a, an environment where you can like focus 100%. No, it's like your home environment, not your learning environment. So it was tough adjusting to that in a couple of weeks and mm -hmm. I was doing my dissertation. I got a first class anyway, so that's just hey. me. <laughs> and I killed my exams, but I would have still rather went to the library yeah. because the atmosphere of just sitting with people, talking to people and uh, sharing ideas, I think yeah. it's better for me. I'm more of a, I don't know if you noticed this, but I'm, I'm more of a like, social person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't like using that term, I think. No, I, I think, think I'm like an extroverted sort of, and also I feel like your way of your learning and communicating is like With around, everyone around me. Yeah, yeah. So I think that, that kind of took a hit. That was probably the main aspect of lockdown, which I didn't enjoy. Everything else was, you know, we wanted to stay safe, mm. we don't want to put others at risk, so staying at home, I was cool with that, you know, wearing our masks, mm -hmm. uh, hand sanitizer, all that good stuff, but it was definitely something I had to get used to, and it wasn't, see, the best of timings being in the final term of your university mm. journey, so it's just a shame, but 
I'm just glad that we're okay and safe. Yeah. And you know, no one in my family, you know, put alhamdulillah, like no one's been impacted. I don't know if you know anyone that's been impacted. Not by. family, no. So we've just been super grateful, honestly. And so you you told me that for the first seven weeks it was really tough, right? It was. Yeah, started. I mean, like, so I find it confusing when I look back because when I think of it, I was like, at least the first month, I thought like I'd really like coped well. Like I felt like with like years of therapy, you're kind of like prepared to like deal with okay. like something bad happening. Yeah. And like, so I really threw myself into like a routine. Like, I literally just like went back to what I've been told, like things to keep, like to cope. Uh, so like keeping a routine, keeping busy, like getting up. Like I had like a rule that um, I wasn't allowed to go into bed until like five. Okay. To like try and keep it separate, even though it's only a small flat. I didn't want to like um, lay in bed all day basically. Yeah. Um, and that did work like for the first couple of weeks and I was actually doing really all right. And um, like when I was saying how I didn't like to, I didn't, you know, I wasn't used to living alone yet. Um, it really forced me to just get over that hurdle. And like, I didn't mind it in, like at this point, like, um, you know, I was just sort of keeping myself occupied. And then after a bit of time, I suppose, old like coping mechanisms that aren't so healthy started to creep back in. Mm. And that's when my drinking really increased. And then I suppose that became a problem in itself that then was like a domino effect of causing my mental health to tip a bit. And then that was when, about the seven week mark, seven, eight week mark, I had to um, bubble. Bubble. <laughs> um, yeah, and go and stay with family because it just wasn't, the safest. I wouldn't say like I was at crisis point at all, but just to safeguard yeah. things. It was just better for that time. We just sort of made the decision that I'd be around people just so it wasn't so intense on myself. Yeah. Um, yeah. Lot. It's a lot to deal with, especially living mm -hmm. by yourself. And uh, I think even just our cultures, uh, me coming from the background I come from, which is so family oriented, mm. and I would never imagine myself like living by myself especially in you know, a time like this like, yeah <coughs> no way not waking up to the sound of my mom like cooking downstairs yeah. and my brother's like having a conversation downstairs i think it might it might not have been the best environment for me so yeah. you're very strong and very self-aware to have just like walk back in with your, yeah. with your mom and stuff yeah i think like um to begin with obviously you know like the phase of lockdown it was like like house party and zoom calls and yeah. like and like and that was like a phase wasn't it and like that was great but then as soon as like you know you press hang like hang up, hang up it was just like back to reality and it was like silence like other people would hang up and they'll go downstairs and talk to their family whereas i hang up and i'd turn to the bottle it was like that it was like that sounds like you know a bit like the prep but no, like no. that was what it was Real like issue. yeah and it was like so it just started spiraling from there, I guess. So yeah, it's just just better just to break up that time alone. Um, yeah. So because I think in the end I was getting very reliant on everyone being like, as in like friends to like stay away yeah. to keep talking to me, and I'm like taking all their time. And I'm not saying that they don't want to like FaceTime and stuff, but like 
they can't be available 24 seven. Yeah. And like, I didn't want it to start putting pressure on our friendships, but me being like, why aren't you there for me? Why aren't you like, like, me, like, yeah. there you like, I'm on my own. I've got all this time. Yeah. Like, it was like that. And then it took me a minute to like realize like, you're the only one living alone, Mad. That's why it seems like a no-brainer for yeah. people to be around when that isn't the case. And I think I quickly learned that once I moved back in the family for a, like temporarily, I realised that. Mm. Like people be like, Do you want to call? And I'm like, Oh, we're just sitting down for dinner actually. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, this is why everyone's been a bit Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, it was just a learning curve really. Exactly. Like, I think you just take take things for granted. And I think lockdown really showed that in many aspects as well it's it's such a crazy experience that we've never been through before mm -mm. everyone has has had to adjust in their own mm -hmm. ways you've had to adjust in your own ways i've had to adjust in my own ways and that's why i really wanted to have this conversation because i think a lot of people have had their own different experiences and the way they've dealt with things and um hopefully someone listening can read you know relate to us in some sense or feel the same way and mm. That's just it. I think it's about developing a connection and reaching out yeah. to people and yeah. seeing how they feel. Well, like that's another. Th uh, I noticed at the beginning of lockdown, obviously, when I was struggling before all of this happened, everyone was at uni, and obviously, I still haven't gone yet. So, like, I used to feel like really left out again, living alone. Still, don't quite grasp like the idea of it. And when everyone came back home and was sort of in this like isolation bubble, mm. I suddenly felt a bit less alone in that way. Like, I think that's why to begin with, I found it easier than others because I'd felt like it before, but just not from a lockdown. Whereas like friends would come back and they suddenly felt really isolated, where I felt isolated months before. So in that respect, I felt like less alone. <laughs> and then really alone. Really alone. <laughs> I've literally gone in waves and just different phases of how I felt. But to begin with, all right, middle. Mm -hmm. mm, what do I recommend? Yeah, yeah, but I mean, it is what it is. It, hopefully, it won't happen again. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Mm. I mean, the good thing about this is where like people will now be more aware of how they feel. Like you're more self-aware now, so even if yeah. you do start to feel like that, you can always reach out. Yeah, we've, we've done the else. test run, haven't we? We've done the test run. <laughs> so it's like the first couple. Of, Experiment. Yeah. In terms of like services, obviously they were stretched before anything. Like they've been stretched for years, and I've known that and experienced that firsthand. Mm -hmm. But um, I know that um, from friends and that, and, and just you know, just watching the news, it's just gone off the rails and, and like quite expectedly because you know it's it, there's a pandemic you know within physical health but there's a pandemic in mental health anyway absolutely and and now it's even more so so i just think hey, hey. I, i'm more you know we're going through this and services at the moment but i'm more worried about how it's going to be after because you know it's not only just going to be people with, like myself with existing mental health there's going to be you know, the people that didn't really suffer but have now got like new anxieties, more stress, mm. you know, just not just to do with the virus, but, um, you know, job and financial problems, um, housing, uh, there's a lot. And so I feel like there's going to be another pandemic, but it's going to be a mental health, huge pandemic that, you know, but um, in terms of myself, uh, I was, Mm, discharged from the team that I was with and then referred to a new team 
uh, and I was in the process of, you know, starting up with them. And so I obviously couldn't, you know, it was at the beginning, can't do face to face anymore. So uh, it went all to phone calls and that's not really my oh. cup of tea. Yeah, I don't, like I just, I wouldn't, I just wouldn't get anything out of it. Um, and I, I, so basically within this phone call I had, I decided that, you know, I was safe enough and like uh, stable enough, if you like, to wait and, you know, give that phone call time to someone else who's more in crisis than myself. But, um, you know, so hopefully we're still waiting for that phone call. But, you know, we are out of lockdown now, so, uh, you know, <laughs> face to face, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was like, like over half of, what was this? Oh, almost half of psychiatrists have seen the increase in urgent and emergency cases during lockdown. Um, but also, there's been like a, a drop in routine appointments because obviously the face-to-face -face thing. So, you know, if I'm a patient that's turned it down, as in a, a regular appointment, yeah. then who else has, you know? And it, it's got to a point, I think, especially in mental health services, it, it does, you know, stigma and that, it gets put on the back burner, you know, health, especially during what's going on is, is at the top and like understandably with what's going on yeah. globally but at the same time like i said there's, a, there's another pandemic that you can't see yeah um that's such a good point and you know people are getting to a crisis point where you know they're like services are seeing people with a lot more like uh, urgent needs than it would have been if it had been able to Still with it then? Yeah, like, oh, like you know, knocked on the head or whatever. So yeah. now, now everything's getting worse, and it, and it's not just like the same people with existing illness. It's you know the frontline workers are gonna like there's gonna be a huge increase in PTSD. Um, children, they've like let like lost a lot of like Valuable prime time. yeah and prime development and socialization. Uh, you know, just just the reg like regular Joes that. Wouldn't have even thought about mental health, and are now got a lot of anxiety, you know, to do with their health. Every, everything's super aware now. You've super got, aware. You clean in 20 seconds, and you've got to do this and this, and remember your mask. Yeah. I don't know, it's just little things that build up um, on top of normal life. Like life in general is stress. Yeah. So, with this on top of it, and yes. like juggling all of it, it's. Uh, Recipe, you know, no, so. yeah, recipe for disaster. This is. So, so that's such a cool point because I never really thought of the pandemic after the pandemic about mm -hmm. everything, just the amalgamation of everything. Mm -hmm. Because I was in my own bubble, like yeah. during uh, the first, I would say, two months. It was dissertation exams. That's it. Yeah. Like I was just so cut off from the yeah. world, and when I had a bit of you know time to think, I'm like, oh my goodness. Mm there's real issues like people losing jobs mm -hmm. like you, you hear these things every day people going out of business yep. and mental health mm -hmm. increase in that and you know the, uh, our healthcare workers which i'm going to talk to mm -hmm. it's just going to be it's going to be super it's it's going to be scary to see how things play out but you know mm -hmm. i always have faith you know, eventually yeah. everything goes back to, but it's gonna i think it's going to take longer than we think yeah yeah, I feel like, you know, when when lockdown happened, we were like, yeah, a couple of weeks. Remember that? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> how cute. Oh, we were just like, yeah, a couple of weeks. Oh, I, like, I felt like a lot of friends came back from uni and only packed like 
like, like less than half of their clothes. Oh, so like no. they're, they're like, well, yeah, I'll be back soon. And then, like, yeah. and then they had to like all drive up and collect all of their belongings and like <laughs> walk the shit back in. Like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we really did underestimate it, and I think I'm we're going to underestimate. You know, I feel like we underestimate how bad things are going to be because we just don't want to believe it yeah. to be that bad, and then it is. We we like telling ourselves that. I mean, it's it's always good to be positive, yeah. right? But. You know, it's the inevitable. It's yeah, I think you, you'll be positive, but also realistic. Realistic at and the same time. Yeah, I'm worried. <laughs> I'm definitely worried. Um, but at the end of the day, man, time I think heals all. You know. Yeah, yeah, it does. You know, even j just in the last couple of months, we were saying like how different life is. So, just think of what it's going to be. In the in the, in the next couple of months. <laughs> Hopefully, we don't get wave two. Oh. Um, but you know, we have faith and mm -hmm. as long as we're all doing what we're supposed to do and yeah. not doing like throwing legal rape parties, we should be good to go <laughs> now. Oh, you, you mentioned such a good point about how kids, like especially the younger kids, mm. are missing out on their prime development age. Mm -hmm. And I, I never really I never really thought about that because I don't really have younger siblings mm. that age. I know you have a little brother that's yeah. thirteen yeah. and he's had to miss out months of school How, yeah how's that been you know? i mean like the youngest i think uh is he in like i think he's going into year nine oh. so like for him it wasn't too bad i think it took him a while to like get in terms of school get his head around he's actually got to do homework <laughs> um but like with him i don't know they, at that age they just see it as like a big summer holidays and i think they forgot that you know you have actually got to keep your brain working and it was a lot of like trying to get him to come out and like can you come for a run <laughs> um whereas like the the 16 year old he really he obviously he, he was gcc's so he's missed all of that and um i think to begin with uh, he was like quite gassed about it. Yeah. But obviously they just had results day, and he's a little less gassed. He's a little less gassed. Yeah, and then missed out and like prom and stuff. And I, I know it's not oh, important. It's, but, like, it, it's like the milestones, aren't they? Those things are like you look back at them and like those were the highlights of your. Yeah, they, like, I, I I loved year eleven in the end. I didn't really like, like school, but year eleven. Yeah, there's no way. Shout out to the class of year eleven. I miss you guys. Um, but yeah, with him, obviously at 16, that's such like a, a hormonal age as well. Absolutely. And again, like, even though he's not, he's not really a child anymore, yeah. it's still like a big learning curve, you know, with a lot of different areas at yeah, that age. Absolutely. And he started like to mess with his sleeping, he'd stay up like playing games um, to like six in the morning, waking up at four in the afternoon. And I had to like sit down and I was like, mate, one day you will be going back to school and you can't keep this up. And I was like, look at me as an example of like trying to keep on top of mental health. And I was like, I'm not saying you're depressed or anything, but you're very moody and like you, you just don't seem very happy. And like, I think if you just maybe saw daylight, yeah. I was like, even something like as small as that though, just, yeah. And like, so in the end he did sort of fuck his ideas up. And there was a change in him, and I was like, I told you, you I don't want to say I told you so, but I told like, you so. Told you so. Um, but yeah, I, I do worry for the 
for that, that generation, you know, between, I mean, they play games even younger now, so like probably from like eight to like 17, yeah, that sure. like constantly playing them. And like, I don't know enough yet or, but, what is that doing? Like, because it, it's, it's not even like they go to school, they've got the brains going and they come and unwind and play the games. Mm -hmm. It's like they wake up, game, 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 game. Cycle over yeah. and over again. And I'm like, have you not finished the game yet? Like, why? I don't know, I don't, even, I don't even know how you can play games for that long anymore, but. Oh my goodness. Brains are going to mush, I think. Yeah, for sure. And that's such a good point because there's a lot of kids, I know there's, even adults mm. that were in the cycle of, you know, get out, go mm -hmm. to work, possibly been furloughed, yeah. or they might not be working as many hours, they've gotten into this habit of just waking up or just like lying in. Mm -hmm. And then eventually when things are getting back to normal, they might not be able to cope with yeah. the fact that they need to revert back to how things were yeah. before. They might not be mentally prepared no. or physically prepared. So no, exactly. I think what you said about just keeping a routine, mm, that's really important. Keeping yourself busy, mm -hmm. super important. And you being a good sister, like telling your brother, like, hey, get back, get your shit together, yeah. man. Yeah. Hey, what's what's <laughs> do that, do that, <laughs> wait, wait, Will? Hey, Will, <laughs> get your shit together. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he's gonna hate me. Hey, trust the real man. You're a real one, but <laughs> it goes. It goes to my. It goes to my little brother too. I think we were all going through it. Even mm. me, like sleeping late. It's just like at the start of lockdown because you're not sure how long things are gonna last. So yeah. you're trying to just like develop your schedule around around yeah. a certain pattern. All about trying to like keep yourself busy. One of the things I've kind of like during this pandemic and during the lockdown, things that it's kind of helped me. Because I wouldn't say like my mental health has been like amazing. Mm. You know, although I don't show a lot, yeah. I'm always like that happy guy, like yeah. super positive. What's up, guys? <laughs> we all go through our own challenges. I think yeah. one of the things that's kept me sane is the YouTube channel. Like, yeah, it's I a know, focus. It's like I know I need to do this thing, so mm -hmm. my brain is just occupied with like trying to learn new things and trying to communicate these ideas. That's kind yeah. of kept me sane. Yeah, definitely. Doing stuff, keeping myself busy. What's that been? What's been the coping mecha mechanism? Me <laughs> mechanism? Mechanism? <laughs> for you? See, I'm, I'm a <laughs> Um, you know, they were unhealthy coping mechanism. Well, in the middle, that I, I, okay. I resulted back to like routine, like a lot of gratitude I was practicing. Love that. Um, like, you know, getting out for our walks along the seafront. Like, I'm lucky to live. Super lucky. Yeah. Um. And then, and then it like skewed into um, like you know less positive things. But then I like tried reeling it back, and I was like, I think it really put things into perspective of, of what I wanted to do. There was a few things lined up um, in to do with the volunteer, and I was doing for this year, and it's, it's obviously gone. It's all gone. Mm. Like all, like every single project went. So so it really just made me realize i was like i can't really rely on anyone else to like or, or anything to make things happen in life anymore absolutely and I, I think i really realized like i need to start putting some work and like or, or at least start thinking about it it's always been like for years the main thing for me was like to recover and stuff okay. and that was always the focus whereas now i've got to start thinking of the years to come where i want to go um you know in terms of education career and i, and I do I've, I've always known in a way but now i'm like right start putting things into motion i want to go into psychology and you know i need to be in education i can't just you know 
you know when you just think things will just happen yeah it's like no yeah and i was like no i've got to make things happen so you know i started um doing some online courses and that became a focus and you know even it's only an online course it's just getting my mind working again because it hasn't for so long like years you know in an academic sense um so just starting to do that, started looking into where I want to be in a couple of years, what I want to be doing, and then I think that's driven me to like really got, go back. On yeah, track. got to stay alive in it. Got, <laughs> got to stay alive. Stay alive. <laughs> yeah. So the, yeah, like the YouTube. Yeah, I mean, you know, YouTube-ish for me. YouTube-ish, part time. Yeah, part time YouTube. But in terms of like the real world, you know, it really just showed what I need to start doing to put things in place to be here because obviously I'm a long way off I can't just go to uni in September that's not going to happen yeah but you know in the future everything everything's got you know things are going to start moving start following into yes place. yes but only I can you know drive that car absolutely and I think a lot of times we rely on having motivation to do stuff and I was mm. reading this really cool thing where uh, it's, it's not even about the motivation. I think if it's just about taking that first step. The mm. hardest step to writing a novel is sitting down and actually writing something. Mm. So I think taking the first step to just sit down and just take that first step, even if it's a really small step, mm. can lead to you know where you want to be. That's yeah. that, that's where it's been for me with not just YouTube but um, other things in general, especially with my dissertation. Mm-hmm. Going into lockdown, I wasn't able to speak with my tutor, so I was yeah. able to see if what I was doing was right or wrong yeah but even just like sitting down and really analyzing things and be like okay you know, what can I do it, it really helped and um, got me the grade I did get eventually mm. so yeah I wouldn't you know it's not just about motivation I think it's just about taking the first step and being very proactive proactive is the key word yeah especially during times like this man because you're spending a lot of time by yourself mm. even if you're with your family you're you know very secluded in the sense for me but you have to really, really just focus on that alone and think about what you want to do, etc. Yeah, and I, yeah, and I feel like especially at the moment, you know, there's there's not a lot that we can like out, like mm-hmm. <laughs> like do all focus on in the present time. So yes. it's quite healthy to focus on things that are future because the future, when you think about it, is more you know there's there's a lot more possibilities in the future than there is today. Yes. Um. So to kind of tackle this funk that you have in the present day start living for the future and living as if you are in the future and then you'll you know find a path easier to get there than just trying to tackle each hour tackle each hour in a couple of years like yeah. in terms of like longevity is the mm. key in my opinion like always just seeing the long-term vision go mm. i always think of life as a, a marathon and not a sprint everyone yeah. is like constantly in a race i'm like who are you racing we're mm. all gonna Everyone has the same destination, as like morbid as it sounds. Yeah. Like everyone is gonna pass away, mm-hmm. everyone's gonna die. So looking at life from a perspective of like this is a marathon, like it will give you more perspective mm-hmm. and it will give you like the kind of like the mindset to just keep on the path that you're going. Yeah. And I have to remind myself of that as well. As I was saying before, my camera cut off. Yeah. <laughs> more than two thirds of adults in the UK reported feeling somewhat worried about the effect of COVID. You know, will have on their life, health, isolation, job, and financial loss. So this is a really, like, really real thing, um, which I'm grasping now that I'm out of this bubble of my dissertation and university life. 
and I, I know mm. Maddie has other points that she would like to exemplify to you guys. Yeah. The the effects this is having on people's lives. We talk about like you know the biggest one on the news has been like frontline workers because obviously they're face to face with it. But there's also you know people that are like in a way like a frontline worker in their own home. You know there's people who had, you know, who, who were victims of like domestic abuse. It was, um, it was a, a report by MPs found that 16 people in the first three weeks died uh, due to domestic abuse. And, and 14 were women, two were children. How long would that be like a day in three weeks? What is three I don't weeks? Three, 21 mean? days. Yeah. So it's almost one person a day in the first three weeks. In the first three weeks. Just down to domestic abuse, which is mad. So yeah, and it was um, yeah the the calls to the national helpline refuge were higher, forty nine percent higher, forty nine percent higher than usual within the first first few weeks. Yes, and it really shows you. I think the pandemic really exposed yes what has always been going on yes. with the national health service. Mm -hmm. It kind of exposed the cracks yeah because they've been underfunded for so long. Mm -hmm and with health services being undercut and funding for so long, mm -hmm. people even now reaching out, it's like impossible, right? Yeah. Even with, like we just mentioned, the health helpline service mm -hmm. staff undercut. So it just shows you the cracks. Yeah. And hopefully, you know, we can get back on track, but it's, there's so many pandemics happening, not yeah. just the one. The, the one that, I don't know, just came to mind. The one that really got to me was the, uh, the homelessness like issue where you know when lockdown was at, uh, yeah. it was at its peak the the virus and they managed to house like almost all homeless people temporary yeah, yeah. and then like within like after the two week peak they kicked him out on the street again just like that and i just thought like all this time you've said like you, you can't do anything about like another oh, pandemic man. homeless pandemic it's like no we can't do anything we haven't got the funding you literally did it so you just choose not to choose. help and I just think that's not a government. That's not a government. Sorry. We could talk about this shambles of the government <laughs> in another episode. Yeah. You know. Don't tell. Uh, did you vote? I did. Yeah. Labour. My G. <laughs> well, Labour guys. I mean, we have like four years, but <laughs> I feel really, you know, as a young person here in the UK of an ethnic minority, and just young mm. people in general, I think our generation and their future is being dictated by the older generation. Yeah. And not to be harsh, you guys are going to be dead in a couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> so, That's the thing though, isn't it? They, they dictate our future that they're not going to be a part of. Like, the younger generation, you know, especially myself, we and Maddie, of course, you know, you can speak by yourself. So, <laughs> but I just feel like there's so many aspects of life, not only from undercuts to the NHS, but university education, the yeah. cost of going to university and just there's so many different initiatives for young people to help them cope with mental health it's not being listened to. Yeah. We're focusing on you know a lot of different stuff which really doesn't matter and uh, it's it's really time for us to kind of you know even even with the recent event of GCSE and A-level results, mainly yeah. A-level results, the government took a huge U-turn uh, mm -hmm. and I'm like oh no you know what teacher assessed grades and that was so embarrassing to see because a lot of these a lot of these pupils, you know, their whole life is kind of dictated by what these grades were. And you mm. guys are kind of playing with their future. So yeah. you guys eventually done the right thing, but I think it was too late. Yeah. And, um, another thing which has been extremely frustrating and weird, especially from an ethnic minority perspective, is 
the large percentage of um, deaths in the BAME community and the government's kind of lack of understanding and transparency because there's been so many calls from MPs from the BAME background to release this report, you know, really investigating why percentage of BAME people are dying, you know, compared to compared to the white counterparts. But there's just been a lack of transparency and I and I just think you know, there, there's something definitely going on that we don't know. So mm -hmm. I think we need to urge the government to really, really do their part and really be as transparent with us as possible. Is there anything else you would like to say or I any closing like... remarks from yourself? Thanks. <laughs> subscribe, <laughs> to subscribe to Madeline's channel, man. She she has one of the best vlogs on YouTube. I'm not even gonna cap. Uh... Like I'll just be there watching the vlogs and <laughs> so many vibes. But in all, all seriousness, I really appreciate yeah. you coming on the on the podcast. Your wow. perspective, your points, <laughs> I think, are super needed, especially not only for Will. If you're watching the Shasta, but, yeah, Will, <laughs> Shasta, Will, man, and uh, but just everyone in general, because we yeah. touched on so many different things, mm -hmm. and that so many people I think can benefit from. And I appreciate you guys tuning in again, lending us the air, and please, like I said, uh, reach out to me, DM, email, whatever. Just, you know, telling me if you guys like the episode, what would you like to see more of, etc. And um, we're just going to be trying to be more consistent. But thank you so much for tuning in again. I'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>